Thank you for joining us. We've made it through another month and now we are in October of this global pandemic. We're going to make it guys. 2020 is almost over. But while we're in it, let's do as much as we can to help people that are suffering from mental illness. October supports Mental Illness Awareness Week, October 4th to October 10th, but we're dedicating the entire month to talking about mental health, mental illness, depression, anxiety, OCD, addiction, alcoholism. And we are very happy to have you here to contribute to helping each other get better. If you are thinking of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. We need you here. everybody. Welcome to the Dr. Whisperer Show. My name is Sharon Feckety, and I am really happy to introduce a new month, October. We made it through another month of COVID-19. Um, and, you know, there's some breaking news this morning that we'll leave for the media to discuss, like, you know, the real media, like, you know, ABC and NBC. We won't discuss that today, but there is a lot of um, news coming out, which I'm sure will infuse a lot of anger and anxiety, and hopefully, eventually, some peace. I'm very happy that I have Kirk Kirkpatrick, the CEO of Riverside Recovery, joining me today. I met Kirk three years ago when it opened and did a wonderful tour. So I want to thank you for being here today, Kirk. It means a lot. Thank you, Sharon. I appreciate it and happy to be here as well. So I just watched Kirk on the Tampa Bay Business Journal's uh, mental health event, which um, I'm always happy to see. There is more talking openly and candidly about mental health, especially in business. When we have a business journal that wants to have this conversation, you know, we're moving the needle, right, Kirk? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So I want people to get to know who you are. I don't think that, you know, um, we get to have these kind of intimate discussions. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you are an open book as I am mm -hmm. and are willing to share your own um, attachment to why you wanted to get this Riverside Recovery started. Right. Um, well, again, I'm Kirk Kirkpatrick. I uh, started in uh, recovery about seven years ago, and it's from my previous experience of uh, um, not getting my needs met at other treatment centers. And um, I happened to meet the, the co-founder, uh, Elizabeth Stockton, um, in recovery about five years ago. And when we, um, you know, she was a year sober longer than me, so she's eight years now. And, you know, the idea on one of our first dates together, if you will, we talked about what it would look like for the perfect treatment center. And uh, we were very passionate about recovery. And, you know, we felt that the, the perfect treatment center didn't treat people. Um, you know, most treatment centers have that institutional feel and they don't treat with love and compassion. It's more, um, you know, you're a piece of, you know, what, and that's why you're in your disease and, you know, see these behaviors and, you know, you, you don't have much, there's nothing positive that comes out of that. I don't feel, and just makes you feel even worse about yourself. And, um, 
you're not able to really get out of the rut. And so then you just want to probably use even more. And I think the, the key thing to, for recovery anyway, for me and what I feel, you know, works best is, you know, you, you have to replace um, the drinking and using with something that you enjoy doing and you like doing and uh, you, you build up your life that way. And then you don't even really want to use or drink or use because you're so busy and, and happy and grateful with your, your new life that you've sort of discovered that you've always wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. So I really appreciate your um, vulnerability and your courage because it takes a lot of that, even for myself as somebody who's 26 years mm -hmm. sober, still active in my 12-step recovery. Um, I couldn't wait to get to tour your place because I already knew that you had um, sobriety as part mm -hmm. of your life because I went to two rehabs myself. Um, mm -hmm. One when I was uh, family intervention when I was 18. I was mandated by the courts at 19. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was mandated to a halfway house. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, I really just um, was ready myself mm -hmm. and everybody let me go and let me kind of black out, move to another state and fall to crap. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, I was ready. Um, but I share this often that the person who really helped me was that, um, cause I, I suffer from depression, not mm -hmm. currently, but along with getting sober, like many, comes a tremendous amount of mental health issues because it's very related, right? Absolutely. So my depression led me to a therapist, which led me to a psychiatrist, which led me to um, him asking me if you know I was having suicidal thoughts. And that mm -hmm. was the end of that isolation for me where I was really able to get the help that I needed along with family, friends, and 12-step recovery work. Right. Right. So how many of, oh, there's so many things I want to know, Kirk. I want to tell everybody what I personally loved about going to your mm -hmm. facility in Tampa. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's, it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. It is beautiful. Yes. Um, it's aesthetically pleasing. And there are a lot of people in there that care. I was given a, a beautiful tour. Um, the kitchen was so nice, you know, the cafeteria and there were healthy foods being served. <laughs> And I remember just um, just a lot of, of good energy and happiness flowing through the place. I loved that you had this big gym space mm -hmm. because I now I want to know from you now, like what has happened because you were kind of just opening then. Yeah. I think you were talking about yoga and yeah, we're you know, doing it. great. So tell us about what Riverside Recovery offers to yeah. the person coming in. So Riverside Recovery of Tampa, you know, we're 68 beds and we're called what's, what's called the full continuum of care. So we have every level of care under one roof. Um, uh, so out of the 68 beds, 53 are residential and 15 are detox. So, you know, we, we come in detox, then to residential, then to partial hospitalization, to then intensive outpatient and all the outpatient programs. We have our ACA license. Can you stop there for a second because I wanna, I wanna make sure everybody understands the detox part. Sure. So the fact that you have detox there is a, is a huge component because not every rehab has that. Correct, correct. So we have a complete medical detox. Okay. So we're able to get people off of, you know, whatever medication they're on uh, or drug, uh, you know, drug of choice. And a very comprehensive, Dr. Uh, Michael Sewer is fantastic. He's still our medical director. He's got ER training, ACM uh, certified. So all the all the all the um, 
titles and, and um, uh, organizations you want to be associated with. He's fantastic. And we run a great detox and it's very, um, uh, it, it's great getting people to the solid ground where they can go and actually make changes in their life. Because until you're stable, you can't really change a lot. Um, right. so. I think a lot of people, Kirk, don't really understand the importance of the detox portion because right. I've toured a lot of rehab facilities. Um, one in particular that I went to that they, they do it a natural way, which scared the living crap right. out of me, to be yeah. honest with you, because especially now with the power of the opioids, mm -hmm. um, it's so severe that you really need a medical doctor supervising and being able to distribute what somebody needs to, to not actually die, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, you have to do do it the correct way. And alcohol and benzos are the two things that you can die from in detox. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we are very thorough with our, you know, medically assisted, you know, treatment, MAT for detox, like wean people off of certain drugs. Um, you know, certain, certain drugs have different uh, methods yes. of getting through it. So we've, you know, we've had, 1,500, 2,000 clients have gone through the last three years. So mm -hmm. we know what we're doing and we can handle pretty much pretty much anything. I mean, I'm, very few cases that we've not been able to help with. Somebody who had a heart surgery like a week before, we weren't able to, to help. But other than that, we, we can help everything. And you said you had 68 beds? Uh, yeah, 68 beds uh, total. 15 of them are detox and 53 are residential. Great. So what is it like on day one? What happens when the, the person comes in for the first day? What does that look like? So, you know, we have a beautiful lobby that they come into. And, um, you know, we have a very holistic field, uh, aromatherapy. We have calm music. We want people to calm down, um, you know, and, and feel at peace. And then we uh, go into the intake room where you have to do your verification of benefits. We have the nursing come up, uh, check the blood pressure, do any vitals. Um, and we have a 20 minute door to floor policy, which means we want the client when they come in that we want to get them medically detoxed as fast as possible. Cause most people are coming in, they're hurting bad and they're really withdrawing and they're not feeling great and they want to leave and go back and use. So that's why we, we don't sit and wait around. We, we want to have it immediate so they can get and start feeling a little bit better. Um, sure. And then they can from stay my own experience. That was from my own experience. Cause I, I remember waiting, I think it was six, six hours one time and 12 hours the other time, just dying and um, sitting in the waiting room, just, you know, not able to go anywhere and um, just feeling miserable and felt like I was going to die. Yeah. My second rehab, um, I was mandated to, and they didn't tell me until I got into rehab that I was also mandated to three months in a halfway house, which was a good idea because I probably would have ran for my life, right? I'd be like, I don't have that kind of time. I got to get back to this life that I don't actually have. Right. But um, in that moment, it felt so severe and they, they didn't have a bed for me yet at the halfway house. So I was sent to a mental institution mm -hmm. and my parents, now here I was 19 years old, and my parents witnessing me being in a mental institution, there were people screaming all over the place. I'll never forget it. But I actually, I felt pretty comfortable. I felt right. like were my people, you know? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, you know, it really was, I mean, it's very difficult to, to get into treatment and to stay. So when somebody, when there's a lag time, mm -hmm. that's and, and that's where, you know, the full continuum of care where detox, 
we have the detox and to go to residential, you just walk down the hall. So I know for myself, I was a chronic uh, detox and leave and I would feel better. And I'd be like, okay, I got it all figured out now, which would last two, three days. I'd go back to using and going right down the same hole that I was in before. So, you know, having the, the continuum of care where you walk down the hall from detox to residential is huge. And yeah. so we, we commit um, about 80% of the, the clients that come into detox transfer to residential. Mm-hmm. So that's a fantastic statistic. Um, some of the people who don't transfer, um, you know, they may, may have like just relapsed and, uh, uh, you know, only needed to sort of get medic, uh, physically back. Um, so there are some exceptions, but what the scary statistic, and I've shared this a little bit, out of the 1,500 to 2,000 people we've had through detox, and if it's their first time in treatment, the ones that have only done detox and left, not one person has ever been sober from that. Yeah. So they, you have to go to residential, you have to get longer care. So I, I just, it doesn't work just getting the, the drugs and the stuff out of your body. Um, doesn't uh, make you all of a sudden sober, you know, right. you really have to do the work. Yeah. Oh, and there's a lot of work to be done. We a, lot, a lot of work to be done. <laughs> there's a lot of work to be done. So let me, um, let me understand what it's like then from, so now they're in treatment and I know, well, for me, it was a very structured day. Mm-hmm. You know, I usually woke up with a little, uh, yeah, a little yoga, a little, you know, I remember making, um, Medi- uh, meditation. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So you have a structured day for everybody. Yep. Where they have to follow Very a structured day. And and detox. You know, we have breakfast. You know, in detox, the first couple of days they let them sleep. Most yeah. of the time, people sleep a long, a yeah. long time. So you know, they they don't have that much structure when they get there. Um, they they really are sleeping most of the time. But you know, seeing the seeing the doctor, uh, seeing the nurses. Um, the nurses are, you know, checking on them every fifteen minutes, pretty much. Um, we have what's called Q15s where they go around and just make sure that, you know, the client's doing okay, breathing okay. Um, you know, we have TVs in each room so that they are able to, you know, communicate and, or not communicate, but, uh, you know, if they want to sit and watch TV, they want to just veg out, that's fine. If they want to sleep, that's fine as well. Um, and then after they're there are a couple of two or three days, you know, we do offer some mindful meditation, you know, sort of yoga and the detox and, and uh, we have a little clinical programming and we have a lot of peer support specialists in there that are in recovery and they, you know, share their story and, and try to, you know, get people to understand the seriousness of this. And, um, you know, they just hopefully, you know, are able to at least get the foundation of, of what recovery looks like and, and get, you know, get the drugs out of their system so they can start making some real changes. Sure. And so then when they're in the rehab portion of it though, um, is there group sessions? And- mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, have a, we have a couple groups a day. We have a few groups a day. Mm-hmm. Uh- hey, quick interruption on this amazing podcast, but we have to tell you about our awesome sponsor, Thai Technology. They are so cool, and they're here in Tampa Bay, if you're a Tampa Bay listener. Thai Technology is the best voice over IP business phone service company out there. How do I know this? I used to work in telecom before I worked with doctors. That's right. So I know me a good phone system when I see it. Plus, they are integrated with Zoom. 
They are the only ones that are integrated with Zoom. And if you mention this podcast or you mention the Facebook show, they're going to hook you up with three months for free. Follow them on Facebook and on Instagram. Thai Technology Rocks. Whether it's clinical, um, you know, we have uh, uh, H&I meetings. So people do come in from the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a recovery sports specialist that have meetings with them. So they, t- they have a very, very busy day. It, Did you uh, say recovery sports specialist? A recovery support specialist. Well, support? I was like, oh, this sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah, recovery okay. support specialist. So it's, you know, it's people that are, you know, higher than a behavioral health tech. They're usually people that are in recovery and they're able to just, you know, uh, understand what the person's going through, you know, that what their needs are and, and just trying to help them and calm them down. Cause usually people are at a high level of agitation at that time and just get them to, you know, slow it down a little bit. Right. So how long, I remember being in rehab both times, it was like 25 to 30 days. Is it about the same? Yeah. It just depends on the individual. It, it, that's people always call in and say, you know, how long is, is it? It depends. If you're talking to a, you know, an 18 year old that, um, you know, has only been experimenting for the past couple of months, you know, it's not going to, you know, they don't need that much in detox and, but you do need a lot of uh, time in residential to, to make a change. So it's anywhere from 20 days to, you know, nine months. We've had nine months. I know for me personally, it took me a year before I really got it. And, um, you know, it, it was myself, you know, not only, you know, um, the first three months, the first 90 days are so important, but, you know, it's, it's continual and getting used to going, going to meetings and stuff. I, I liken to what we do is like being a personal trainer. It's like we show uh, the people how to do recovery and how to do things and how to eat correctly and, and sort of get them, all right, you need to start doing a schedule, but eventually they need to start going to the gym by themselves, which is AA meetings or seeing a therapist, you know, going to smart meetings, going to celebrate recovery, you know, doing things for themselves. Uh, and we're not always going to be there to be watching over them, making sure that they're not, you know, doing what they shouldn't be doing. So, you know, we, we, we do have a huge alumni program, so, you know, which is free and our aftercare programs free, our family program is fantastic. So we really just try to keep the client involved. Tell me about the family program. You know, yeah. I had the parents on here the other day because one of the questions I get asked the most is, um, how are your parents doing and what was it like for them? And they've mm-hmm. been very open themselves but with sharing about how difficult it was. They attended Family Anonymous. They came to all of the, you know, um, recovery days. I don't really remember what they were called at my rehabs, but them being a part of the recovery being shown Al-Anon or whatever mm-hmm. support system celebrate recovery you mentioned we have so many great resources yeah. around tampa especially you were on with clara from uh, the crisis center of tampa bay we have nami i mean we have so much support mm-hmm. um, and they've all been on the show so um i've been very honored to talk to everybody about this because i don't think there's enough resources we could offer but tell us a little bit about what it's like for the families yeah so so the families when they um when the individual comes in, you know, the, the families are, are usually sick too. I mean, they, they've either been enabling the, the client or they, they don't know what to do and they don't know how to help. And, you know, they're, they're tired of yelling at them or, you know, uh, maybe giving them the cold shoulder or whatever part they're playing. They don't know exactly how to handle that. And, you know, whether it's a wife or husband, you know, 
wanting to get back with their loved one or parents, you know, or brothers, sisters, friends, you know, whatever you're considered family. Um, you know, we contact the family within the first 24 hours. Uh, Louise Wallowitz is our director of family programming. Uh, her and Chris Chiapet, uh, Chiapetta um, is uh, our other family therapist and they, they, they have, we have family weekend once a month and we also have family on Wednesday night and Sunday at noon. So there's plenty of time to um, get involved with the family. We have a great family program uh, that, that a lot of families that have, you know, their loved one was in treatment a year, two years ago, and they're still participating in the, in the programming. So it's families helping families, just sort of like uh, AA, you know, mm -hmm. helps the, the newcomer, the families help the, the newcomer families. And, That's great. So yeah. tell me about what it's been like um, through COVID-19. Has there been an increase in um, people coming into the rehab or I'm, I'm quite sure it's been um, difficult having to, you know, put the social distancing in, everybody wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. Everybody has suffered through this pandemic. What has it been yeah. like at uh, Riverside Recovery? We've been, you know, the, the direct care staff have been full tilt since February, into February, right when the COVID came out. We had to, you know, change a lot of the procedures to do the hand sanitizing and um, the mask and um, went to telehealth really fast. So telehealth was actually something that we'd always wanted to do. It forced us to do it immediately. So that was a good thing. Um, and we had to, to move rapidly to make sure that we had a safe environment and we were protecting our employees. So the employees, only the direct care staff, you know, came to Riverside. Um, the people who, you know, whether they were billing or uh, marketing, um, even admissions, they work remotely. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we had that just until a few weeks ago, really. And, wow. you know, the, we've always had a very clean facility, but, you know, we had to step it up a notch. We got everybody tested. Um, we still test, uh, I've been tested three or four times. Mm -hmm. um, do not have it, um, never had it, but, uh, you know, we, we check in every day. We take the, check the temperature every day. Uh, of every employee and then the clients get checked four or five times a day and uh, they get tested before they come in and mm -hmm. uh, you know have to make sure that they're um, you know uh, free from COVID. Sure. In their program. Yeah it's been so stressful. I mean it's already stressful enough when you're addicted or yeah. an alcoholic and then pour on a pandemic. So um, Kirk just to share with you you know one of the reasons I started the show um, back in March, I mean, I already had a podcast show, but I wasn't doing it as often as I am now, right. um, was because I have this group of, of healers in my community with physicians. So we've had everybody from, you know, neurologists to internal med to just really everybody. Um, and, and talking about how much anxiety and how much depression and, and what we can do to kind of help navigate you know, for, for everybody that, that we can reach through this type of platform. Sure. So um, I'd like to know personally what mm -hmm. life is like for you today. How are you? For life, well, like I was saying earlier, we're, we've been full go since end of February. A lot of people are dying. Um, you know, we had uh, Elizabeth's ex-husband passed away 
in April from this disease. And I want to say a lot of this was due to COVID. And, you know, they had an 11-year-old daughter together. So, you know, that responsibility Sorry. comes full-time on us. And it's, it's tragic because we got along very well with them. Um, but it was a, a tragic uh, incident. He drowned. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, this is tough. This is tough to deal with. And life was hard. Life was hard no matter what you do for a living or, you know, where you are in your recovery, um, you know, you have to get after it every day and not every day is, is great. Um, you know, we have disagreements, we have arguments, um, you know, but hopefully at the end of the day, you know, you, you don't drink about it no matter what. And you, you try to go and help somebody else and, and have some gratitude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, a, it's been a tough six months, seven months for sure. It you know, has. It really has. Um, and you have three beautiful daughters. Yeah, well, four now with, with you know, four. Jason, uh, you know, who's, you know, so I have a 22-year-old that's at graduating from NYU this semester. Yay. I have a 20-year-old at University of Florida. I have an 11-year-old that's in sixth grade. And then I have an 18-month-old uh, that with Elizabeth uh, that's, you know, just a handful of Shelby and she's... Uh, <laughs> She is, um, she is something else. And that's where I have my family, uh, my mother and sister, you know, watch her every day, which is very grateful for that, you know, be able to have them, uh, you know, raising her, you know, while we're spending, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day here at Riverside. So you are still very busy at the rehab. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm here pretty much every day. It's, yeah. it's I knew that the first five years, you know, we've got a, at least I need to be here a long time. You know, we, we have a lot of other people that are helping out and, you know, we have great leadership, great employees, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you know, yeah, I'm very active, actively involved still. Good. And Kirk, what are you doing for your own mental health today? Yeah. I, well, I go to noon uh, Yana, which is you are not alone. Um, so, you know, AA is a big, you know, uh, program that I, I really like. I always, you know, I don't break the AA tradition, but I, I say I'm in recovery whenever I'm on shows like this, but, you know, um, I do like uh, recovery meetings, especially, and, and just the recovery lifestyle. That's where I, I feel um, recovery is going, sort of almost how yoga was 10 years ago. Yoga has become a lifestyle. I think recovery has become a lifestyle, and I think that our, or at least my generation, um, there was still a stigma attached, and you, it's not something you want to talk about at the country club or right. where I think the younger folks, the millennials, they are proud of their recovery and they're proud. They, they don't have a stigma against mental illness. And I think that's really healthy. Oh, it's so great. Right. I mean, the fact that we're able to talk about it, I was having a conversation yesterday um, with a friend of mine and she said, well, you had kept that secret for so long, Sharon. I'm like, well, I didn't actually keep it a secret. Yeah. But when you own businesses and when yeah. you run businesses, you're not shouting out, hey, guess what? Yeah. I'm a former Right. It's just not popular. Right. right. But, um, but now when you understand that your story can mm -hmm. help one person. One person. That's it. One person. You can help one person. It's all worth it. You're just obligated, right? I mean, I know that you you must feel the same way. Once I know somebody's in recovery, like my people, you know, we you're, have been given a right. life. Yes, we've been given a life that we could have never imagined because mm -hmm. we stop using, um, and every day becomes a, a, a day of gratitude, even in the toughest of times. I've said many times that 
you know, I was built for a pandemic because I've been working on myself for 26 years now. Yeah. And we're lucky enough to have an open um, community that we can do, like with Zoom meetings now uh, for 12-step. And I had NAMI on recently and, and they've, you know, uh, it's opened up all these really great opportunities where if you couldn't go in person, you could go to NAMI in Hillsboro or NAMI in Pasco on different days. Um, and the same with our 12-step recovery groups to yeah. be so available. You know, we've really shifted into finally living in the year that we're supposed to, which is 2020. Absolutely. <laughs> the yeah. technology. Yeah. It, no, it's, it's, that's been the one positive is the telehealth uh, is helping uh, and it's going to be here from now on. And, it, you know, we, we moved a lot faster to get there, but I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think that's the one positive. And I, I think... I, I think if you looked at the numbers, how many people have died, uh, I know that uh, the military came out and said that um, suicides are up 20%, um, which was already at what, 22 people a day? Yep. So, Every I mean, four seconds, yeah. somebody takes their life. Yeah, it's just, it's really hard. So right, you know, makes I, you take a breath, right, Kirk? It just yeah. makes you take a breath. Yeah. I think that this um, pandemic has not uh, helped anyone with that. But, you know, the one positive where I was going was the telehealth, I think, is helping people. And, and hopefully people you know, won't have a stigma uh, or, or lessening the stigma of addiction and substance abuse and mental health in general. Yeah, agreed. You know, I've been trying to push the agenda of mm -hmm. if you're not in therapy, I actually think there's something wrong with you. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That. Preventative health and preventative mental health. Like why wait until a crisis happens to start working on the most important thing, which is our, our mind. Yeah. So Kirk, thank you so much. Uh, I've taken up enough of your time today. I appreciate oh, you being here today. Yeah. And I look forward to listening when this all passes. Absolutely. I, I look forward to it. And again, uh, you can reach me, Kirk Kirkpatrick, Riverside Recovery. It's my email is kk at rrtampa.com. Our website is rrtampa.com as well. And our 24-7 admissions line is 813-575-4141. Beautiful. So. And all of the information of how to reach you and how to reach Riverside Recovery of Tampa is all in the show notes. And we are very excited to have this right here in our backyard. Thank you so much, Thank Kirk. You. And you're the best. I appreciate it. <laughs> you're Have a great day. You too. Don't forget to check out Thai Technology. Anyone that mentions this podcast or the Facebook show will receive three free months of service. T-I-E Technology. Check them out. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. We would love it if you subscribed. This way you'll get notified every time there's a new episode, which in fact are Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Please feel free to leave a review. It really helps us and we appreciate your support. Thank you.